You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be back as this is my first podcast of 2023, and I'm looking forward to bringing some amazing topics to the Australian tech community this year. Uh, What's even better is that all my guests today have already been on a podcast in one way or another over the last year as well. So today's podcast will focus on the topic of women in tech, more specifically, the journey to leadership. So we'll be discussing topics such as uh, advice you would provide to someone who is uh, apprehensive about picking up a leadership role as a woman, how we can get more women into leadership positions in the tech industry and why it is important, the main challenges women in leadership face today and the advice to help women progress within within their field, and lastly, different leadership styles and how an individual's gender can influence this. To get things started, I think it'd be good to do some introductions for the second time and start with who you are and what you are passionate about. So I'll get Creeper to kick things off. Thanks, Matt, for having me here. Uh, my name is Kripa Kuren, and I'm currently working as uh, the engineering manager in Target Australia, uh, based out of Melbourne. Uh, in my role, I'm extremely fortunate to be leading a tech development team of passionate engineers and BAs who make up the cross-functional agile squads that power the target e-commerce site and handle the functionality all the way from the web storefront application uh, and iOS and Android apps that the customer sees to the backend order management systems to make sure that the order is actually received by the customer. My job is to ensure that the business has the right tech solutions for the initiatives and enhancements for Target Online. And I come from a development background, uh, having operated in the dev, CICD, and automation and leadership space. And I'm very honored to be in a discussion with this group of women leaders about women in tech and particularly the journey to leadership. And talking about what I'm passionate about in technology, uh, I have developed an open sourced and automation framework called Unified BDD Automation Framework on GitHub, which presents a unified behavior-driven approach to test automation using Cucumber across API automation with REST Assured, browser automation with Selenium, and mobile automation with Appium uh, in such a way that the framework can actually do the heavy lifting with setting up automation and execution and rendering the reports. And when I'm not pursuing my passion in technology, I do pursue sometimes a long-standing passion with music. Uh, and I fronted a couple of bands before the pandemic hit. And now in the era of work from home, I do a music version of singing from home. But uh, jury is still out on whether my cat likes it, though. <laughs> so you can close out this podcast with a, with a song, it sounds like. <laughs> uh, Let's see. <laughs> thanks for that intro, Creeper. And I'll pass it on Anki, you next. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Anki Shiva and I work for a digital consultancy called CINT. Um, CINT is a big global tech company with thousands of employees across nine countries and I'm the director of mobile and web um, for CINT Australia. My team specializes on native mobile cross-platform and web application development. Uh, I started my career as a developer after finishing my engineering degree in electronics and communication and eventually grew interest in business and leadership. I've been in the industry uh, for a while now and have taken many leadership roles in my career. 
the topic that we are discussing today is actually one of my passion and one of my favorite. Um, so I'm so glad to be here and looking forward to the chat. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Tani Traki. And Priya, I'll pass it to you next. Right. Thank you, Matt. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Priya. I am the Digital Manager Engineering in the course Liquor Space, where I'm leading data engineering and testing team. Working across three brands in Liquor, Liquorland, First Choice, and uh, Vintage Seller. I have a team size of 30 people, which is focusing on delivering better customer outcome with technology. Coles is Australia's leading retailer, and Coles is committed to make life easier for the customer. I am passionate about technology and believe that with the right technology, you can solve any business problem. For the last five years, I am helping customers in their digital transformation journeys, and I would say I'm also passionate about improving gender diversity in the tech space. That's a little bit about me, and I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Priya. And lastly, Mai. Hi, everyone. My name's Mai Riri. I am an application engineering manager for a company called Nutrien. Nutrien is a primary player in the agricultural industry, and we play a critical role in helping growers increase food production in a sustainable manner. We've been part of the Australian agricultural industry for more than 150 years. Uh, my work is primarily leading teams of developers and feeding into architecture, high-level design, solution designs, and things like that. And we are building a portal to help our customers and our employees manage their finances and get insights into their uh, into their businesses to help them grow. We're building using TypeScript, React, and all the fun stuff, and I'm pretty passionate about getting to learn new things and being able to adopt that in the company that I work. And I'm also very interested in how people and technology can produce outcomes. And that's one of the reasons why I'm also quite happy to be in this podcast, because I think that marriage between people and technology is a big input into the success of whatever you're trying to do. And it's always a bit more interesting when you're talking about potentially marginalized people in that process. So also quite happy to be here. Over to you, Matt. Awesome. Thanks, Amoy. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for your introduction. So we'll get straight into it. Uh, we'll start with Creeper, your question up first. So the question is, what is one piece of advice you would provide to a, someone who is apprehensive about picking up a leadership role as a woman? So I'll get you to to start off with, this, with that one, Creeper, and yeah, kick things off. Yeah. Uh, I was inclined to ask this question because I have been fortunate throughout my career to have strong female leaders to lead me and around me to be inspired by. So in Target Technology itself, uh, we have a strong technology leadership group uh, led by Samantha McIntyre, our GM of technology, where we have about 50% female leaders, um, which has really been inspiring for me as a female leader. And I get to be constantly guided by the way in which which they adeptly manage family and professional responsibilities. But I know that this might not be the case for all women in technology. So as per the recent stats that I came across, uh, only about 26% of computing jobs in the world are held by women. And pair that with the fact that women only hold 35% of senior leadership positions, it is easy for a large percentage of women in technology to not have been led by strong women in leadership. So they could have this apprehension when they have an opportunity to transition to a leadership role. But something that I found uh, that is the biggest deterrent is usually that standing in your way 
is yourself and not something external. Uh, there is the apprehension about whether they would have enough time to balance their responsibilities, uh, to dedicate to learning, leading a team and bringing up a young family. So as a leader, my advice to someone looking to make a transition to leadership uh, would be to let go of that unconscious bias you are having for yourself and push beyond it. Uh, and my advice would be then to make an objective list of pros and cons of why you want to move to leadership versus what is stopping you. Uh, listing that out would actually put things into perspective and allow you to understand whether the pros actually outweigh the cons. And you get the opportunity to look at each of the cons listed and solve them individually rather than be overwhelmed by the perceived impediments standing in your way. And I know my question says one piece of advice, but I do have a bonus advice as well that I would like to add Um and this is, as always, uh, as in your academic life, um, learning is key. Be a voracious reader and put in targets for yourself on reading at least one leadership article and one technology advancement related article per day. Even if that means setting aside 30 minutes of your time daily for it, and, uh, that would go a long way in giving you that confidence as well. And it would be our role to give confidence to anyone looking to take that leap into a leadership position and to ensure that they have options of flexible hours and flexible location where possible and if your company supports it. And of course, the best thing to do is always lead by example. Uh, if the people around you see you as a female leader, putting your hand up for opportunities and embracing challenges, that is a great way in which you can inspire the women around you. So I'm very excited to hear everyone's thoughts about this question. Great. Thanks for that, Kripa. Good stuff. And Anki, I'll pass it on to next. Yeah, good question, Kripa. I'm sure a lot of people who might be listening uh, could use um, you know, any piece of advice that uh, we can all share. Looking back at the time when I was applying for my first leadership role, which was a team lead role, I remember it felt like a huge change moving from being an individual contributor to a team lead. The skills required are different. Uh, the day-to-day -day activities are different. What success mean in those roles are different. It was really hard for me to convince myself that I could do it, to be honest. Um, it was actually my partner who basically pushed me and gave me that confidence saying that you can do it, you should go for it. Um, so my simple advice would be to identify people in your circle who can be your trusted advisor and who can give you that little push when you need it and reach out to them when you are in doubt. It could be your family, your mentor, your colleagues, anyone. Uh, it's also important to find a good workplace which is supportive where you can learn and grow from people around you, especially when you are starting your leadership career. Uh, and when opportunities come to you, jump at it. If not you, someone else will say yes. Um, you know, like you may not know everything from the start, but if you have that commitment and passion towards it, you'll definitely succeed. So to put it simply, don't overthink and just go for it. <laughs> Great answer. Thanks, Anaki. And Priya. Um, all right. Uh, definitely like both of your points, Kripa and Anki. And uh, I would say like my advice would be around same thing. It's like take risk. Because what I feel is 
sometimes we always hold back ourselves we feel like oh i'm not sure whether i will be able to do that we always look out look out about the outcome we don't think that it's okay to make mistake it's okay to learn from our own mistake so what what is the worst thing that will happen it is more about some of the failures will come up if you will take a new role where you don't know how to do new um how to do new responsibilities and how to fill up that place so i feel like take a risk believe in yourself and give it a try and raise your voice or speak out for help that is the best thing that you can do and really like the point that find out your support center it is around in the organization or maybe outside of the organization as well because to be along with the right people that give you the confidence and a back so that you can lean on them and then give it a go so that's my advice take risk thanks that priya and my last i don't think that just getting a new job title and new responsibilities makes somebody a leader i think that it requires a fundamental shift in identity so i've been in this role for a few years and i've only just now become comfortable with calling myself a leader and when i get asked especially by female employees like how did you get there i've always told them that i failed upwards and that's actually quite a big disservice to all the people who sponsored me and mentored me to get to where i am but i think that that that, that is because it does require you to actually self uh, identify as a leader and that process doesn't become when an opportunity is presented to you because the way you see yourself affects the way that other people see you so if you don't see yourself as a leader and if you don't see yourself doing things that demonstrate capabilities of a leader then you won't lead it it might not lead to you having the opportunities presented to you so if you start to take on challenges that are going to affect your peers or have a impact on the greater collective at your organization then you start earning this reputation as having high potential and when you start having that reputation of having potential is when opportunities start coming to you and as people leaders we are part of people's journey and we have to help to foster that context to provide those opportunities to people to become leaders so they can start demonstrating and building that capability and growing as a leader so i don't think you can just you know wait for an opportunity to happen and i don't think you can just rely on other people i think you have to make a fundamental shift in yourself to accept that this is where i want to go and these are my strengths these are my weaknesses and this is what i need to work on and then you need to start generating your own credibility and i guess representing yourself as someone who has potential and is capable of taking on more high profile work and getting more opportunities that way and if you're in a good context like i think priya just said if you're in a good environment then you should have that recognition and affirmation from your own leadership from your peers so that you can continue to build that identity as a leader because if you have a block in that so as an example for a technical person if you decide hey i'm going to try and improve this process and i'm going to do all these workshops and we're going to do this together and you get blocked by that then you're stopping that journey to becoming a leader or someone or something is blocking that journey which means you're going to do less things to get that affirmation and to get those opportunities so you kind of devalue yourself and don't chase that um leadership role that you might be 
either consciously or unconsciously working towards. So I think all the things you guys said are great, but you also have to actually know what you want and then make purposeful actions towards it so that the people that can support your growth can like see that you have this potential and help you reach it. Awesome. Thanks, Amway. Although I think that's some great piece of advice. So anyone looking to step into the leadership. So I appreciate everyone's answers. And we'll look, we'll move on to the next question here, which is from Anki, with the question being, how can we get more women into leadership positions in the tech industry and why is it important? So Anki, I'll get you to start this one off. Yeah, there is so much data out there that shows a strong correlation between an improved company's performance to having a diverse executive leadership team, right? Um, there is an HBR article I read recently uh, that for, which says firms with more women in senior positions being more profitable, more socially responsible, and providing a safer and a high quality customer experiences. So there are some basic things I believe that every company could do and should do to get more diversity into their leadership positions. And I think it has to start from the top. Senior leaders in the tech companies should have a commitment to inviting more women to have a seat at the table. And there should be KPIs related to improving the diversity in the company and the company should be actively working towards attracting and retaining more diverse talents in all roles and females as well, especially in leadership roles. This is what I think, and I'm keen to kind of know what your thoughts are on, you know, like how can we get uh, more and more women representation in the tech industry, in the leadership positions? Um, keen to kind of like, yeah, start a chat with you guys. Thanks, that Anki. Priya, pass it on to you next. Right. Um, totally agree with that, um, Anki, that how uh, employers can start, but I feel like there is one more point that I want to add is around start early, because at this point, if we want female advancement in tech, it won't happen in vacuum, because if if we are searching for any, um, I would say if any engineering manager at the moment, I'm getting more profiles, but I feel like they are not giving their journeys in like that confidence how men are telling, like, I know this is this. But females are like, okay, I know this. They're very soft over that side. So I feel like female advancement should happen early in order to bring more women in tech leadership position, they first need to know that these opportunities exist. I feel like educating them early about career and learning options. That way they gain both the interest and skills to succeed uh, from a young age and prime to excellence STEM career. So there are a couple of like Google, go for IT, um, STEM career. I have participated in few of the programs where employers are having these programs in the organization and they are trying to go to the universities or the schools and telling them. And I remember the conversation with the year nine girls where we had a booth and I was telling them, okay, I work in the tech. They all think, all the girls have the mindset that I do coding. And that's the only thing which is there in the tech industry. So they don't know what are the different options which they can opt. So when then I have given them the run view about the different roles, this is not just the coding. Because they're afraid with the coding word. That's what I feel. I got my experience when having a conversation with the school girls. So I feel like start early, giving them the options, open their mind that multiple roles are there and that start in the early age. That's how we can start. And nowadays, lots of programs are happening in the background. So hopefully after some years, we will be in a better position. 
And from the employer side, I would say offer upskilling opportunities where um, employers are providing uh, some uh, perks or the reimbursement for the technical courses or the leadership courses. That's where there is a there is a circle of women where they are going, they are learning together, they are sharing their experiences, challenges. That's how they are learning. So that's what I feel like um, we will get more women into leadership position. And why it is important? It's very um, important because to add more gender diversity, to add a different perspective in taking the technical decisions around the strategies, organizational structure as well, policies also impacted. If you have different mindset, different perspective, you can add different policies. That will also change the um, pay uh, gaps, which is there in the current world, I would say, men and women, same level, but there is a difference in the pay. <laughs> so I would say more leadership roles hold by the women, they will, I feel like they will um, shorten that gap. So better uh, workplace policies will be added for both men and women. So, and there is one more thing which I feel like being uh, like female leaders, they have more emotional um, prevalence for that side. So I feel like they're generally capable of considering human side of individuals and generate high levels of empathy. I'm not saying that men don't have, but women have more plus point. So that's how we need more women and they will be our role models. <laughs> that's it from my side. Thanks for that, Priya. Uh, Moi. Oh, I wasn't ready. Sorry if I was going to pick someone else. But anyway, um, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of DEI and ESG, and that's being adopted and championed by many companies. And I'm quite fortunate, actually, that Nutrien is a, is a big champion of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we have a lot of support and programs to help develop uh, not just women, but marginalized people. So. I do think that there is a lot of research out there that shows that diversity equals better performance for an organisation in terms of the bottom line. But for me, that's so many levels above what I can personally, um, I guess, achieve or um, overly affect too much. We all as people leaders can affect it. Um, but I, I'm more interested in some of the things that are closer to me and that I can actually influence. And especially being a woman, I can say personally that there are more challenges in the workplace for women than men. And you don't actually have to take my word for it. Actually, there's quite a few reports that are published. One of them that I read quite regularly is the McKinsey Women in the Workplace report. It's published annually and it shows you a lot of statistics about uh, men, women and breaks it down also by gender. Uh, sorry, by race. But you should keep into account that this is uh, – research that's based in corporate America and it's not limited to IT. But for example, the 2022 report came out and said something like 48% uh, of women leave companies because they don't have an opportunity to advance compared to, I think it was like something like 40, 42% of men. I don't remember the exact numbers. And, you know, um, there's other bits and pieces in there that you can take some good uh, key takeaways from. So as an example, women are two times more likely to champion um, diversity, equity and inclusion in a workplace than men, but that work is undervalued. So I guess that feeds into what 
Priya was just saying in that women tend to do more to foster a, a more collaborative, inclusive workplace, but it's not as valued. So we spend more time doing this and we don't get as much recognition for doing it. And, you know, it's, it's not just um, direct harm that can be caused by uh, like obvious and purposeful discrimination, but there's also like unintentional gender bias that can create, you know, context in which marginalised people, not just women and also not just marginalised people, sometimes men too, can't meet or thrive to their full potential. So women can be just as ambitious as men if you look at that statistic where women are leaving companies because they want an opportunity. And we don't also have that same support structure, which I think Kripa, Kripka Kripa was saying before, right? Like she was lucky and fortunate to have a lot of women in leadership positions to kind of sponsor her and show her the way. I actually had never experienced women in any leadership positions until I went to Nutrient. So all of my mentors and way makers, if you say, have been men. And that's not to say that it's better or worse, but and that only women can lead women, obviously, because I'm here. But I think that power begets power. And powerful men have a tendency to advocate for men and powerful women may also have a tendency to advocate for women. So women who tend to have moved up have had really good mentors and sponsors, which I call waymakers. And maybe this is the reason why the status quo of more men being promoted remains. So if you look at that McKinsey report, it shows something like 61% of men versus 21% of women go from entry level to C-suite promotions. And that's a consistent number over the last eight years of their annual reports. And in fact, that number only includes white men and white women. So there is a bit of a gap there still. But if you look at the tech industry, there's already a gap in terms of the women that are in the tech industry. I think it's like 61% of um, the workers in IT in Australia are men. That was from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. I, I might be a bit off of that number. I read it a while ago. And then if you refer back to that McKinsey report, the 2022 one, which is, again, an American-based company doing research in corporate America, so not generally just IT, but women's representation in technical roles has declined in the last two years as well. So we already have a smaller share of the IT industry. And we also have different challenges to men. So we are primarily the caregivers, the child rarers, the housekeepers. So we already have reduced time in which we can earn our credibility in tech. So we need to keep on top of an ever-changing industry and we have different influences than men. Not to say that men don't have different influences. I was having this conversation with a colleague recently and, you know, he has a special needs child, so he'll obviously have special circumstances as well. So I think this is where equity comes into it. I'm not a believer in equality of outcome, but I am a believer in the equality of opportunity. And if you think about equality, it's treating everyone equally and equity is recognising individuals may have individual needs. And so I think to get more women into leadership, we have to recognise that women can be just as ambitious as men, but they may face more challenges than men. And I also think that women tend to need and want a more work a more flexible work and a better work culture. So if you look back at that McKinsey report, I think something like two-thirds of women under 30 say they would be more interested in advancing if senior leadership showed a good work-life balance. 
and 20% of women are leaving workplaces because they want more flexibility. So I think that generally because we have all these other responsibilities tend to have, obviously it's not a catch-all stereotype, we do need more flexible work and we do prefer to have a better work culture. And then leading back to what has been said previously, women tend to lack role models and networking opportunities. All the jobs I've had in the last 10 years have been because somebody opened a door for me. It hasn't been because I went and applied for something. Someone has tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, would you be interested in this? And I think that women tend to not get as much value out of networking. So networking gives you insight, access, and opportunity. And if you build your network, then you get access to all those things. And when you're building a network, people tend to gravitate towards one's own likeness. And that comes back to men, powerful men advocating for men and powerful women advocating for women. So I also feel like if you're in a network, when you're sharing insight, access and opportunity, you may be unintentionally creating advantages and disadvantages because you are making a judgment call on what to share with people. And when you make a judgment call, that's when your biases can come into it. So not just women, but all types of people, including men and you know, all other types of marginalised people can be sidelined, unappreciated and undervalued. So people, including women, need to look for role models, sponsors, waymakers and networking opportunities as well. And that would be um, one way that we, more women can get into leadership. But I also think it's important to have women represented in leadership positions because we can advocate and build competencies in our representation of the marginalised people in the workplace. And so other women have a role model and also faith that it can be done. Awesome. Thanks, that Mo. For not being ready, I think that was a great answer. <laughs> You're all over it. Thanks for that. And then Creeper, I'll pass it on to you. Thanks, Matt. And uh, this is a very important question and something that I'm very passionate about promoting for my team and for the women who have looked to me for guidance. So uh, considering gender diversity goals in hiring uh, for any role would actually be a good option. Uh, I'm very excited, actually, to be living in a time when most companies are taking this very seriously anyway. So any role that you're hire, uh, hiring is a potential leader in the making. So always ensuring that you are looking at a pool of female and male candidates alike for any open role would ensure that uh, you are cultivating the space for a female leader and you're actively seeking to improve the number of women in technology. But like Mai mentioned, I'm looking to understand what I can influence. So the easiest thing that uh, we can do as a leader is supporting your own team through development plans as well and offering actionable uh, strength-based professional development plans for emerging women leaders as well as leaders who are um, already established. Um, also facilitating a 360 degree feedback that would specifically highlight their strengths and opportunities to grow in leadership effectiveness would go a long way because research and studies actually show that women often underestimate and under leverage their strengths. So the 360 degree feedback would really be a great tool for women to unlock their own potential and also be the best leader that they can be. Um, 
Another thing, like everyone said, uh, is network uh, and reach out through mentorship. Uh, so raising the ratio of women to men in leadership roles means cultivating a network of ambitious women, both within and beyond your organization. Uh, for women in uh, leadership roles already, my advice would be to seek out mentorship opportunities with young aspiring women professionals. And this requires uh, a time commitment on your side as well. So it's easier said than done, but uh, it is worth your time as it not only helps the tech industry, but it helps you grow as well. And lastly, but uh, very importantly, lead by example and do your part. Uh, so that's what I try to do. If people around you see you as a female leader, putting your hand up for opportunities and embracing challenges and doing that with, with a very positive attitude, that is a great way in which you can inspire the women around you. So uh, those are the things that I think uh, to add on to everything that has been discussed already. Really great question. Awesome. Thanks, Akripa. Again, some, some great answers. So, look, well well done for everyone and well well thought out. I'll move on to the third question now, which is uh, yours, Priya, being what are the challenges for women in leadership today and what advice would you want to give? So I'll get you to start off, Priya. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. So um, I think uh, when I was thinking about what question I should say, because right now I have seen around and I feel like let's discuss about the challenges which at this moment women are facing in the leadership. Right now there are many, um, I would say like to find out the role model in your own organization. In that era it is easy, but there are not so many role models how we have so many male leaders around you. So I feel like from the challenge perspective, there's a one thing to find out the role model. Other thing is I feel like um, how to make a connection, like networking. If you're joining a new organization where you don't know many people and in this new um, working environment, like remote options and all, it's hard to make um, like networking options. So I feel like this is one of the things which I am facing at the moment. And I feel like most of the women are facing like how to get more um, networking options around that. I also feel like um, there is one more op um, challenge, which is more around um, uh, responsibilities. You have like women, female have more responsibilities in-house and work side. So for how to manage both the things. So a couple of things was coming in my mind when I was thinking like how, uh, not just on the leadership role for any, any role, which whatever, women are doing at the moment, they have more responsibilities in comparison to they. And, uh, but the best thing is if you have a better partner, then you can work it out around that side. There is um, one more thing which I have seen when I was reading one of the article where it says like managing a team, if uh, there is a new leader come and the team always have the habit of leading by men, then it is little difficult at the start to set the team and set the vision and set the um, right ways of working. That was one of the article which I was uh, reading and I got the insight like it's not easy at the start. So what are the steps you guys are taking around that side? So looking forward to hear around that. Um, most of the challenges Mike already covered like nowadays, unconscious bias, lack of support, 
right find out the right mentor and uh, these are the challenges i feel like i have also seen it and i what i have done is more around um how to develop and how to get get through that is with finding out the right support channel finding out the right mentor finding out where i am doing wrong that means get the feedback 360 degree feedback which krika was telling i always try to get my peers my leaders and my uh, team members as well that always give me insight like how i can improve if this is the gap which i am facing that means it's a challenge for my leadership so how i have to work it out there is one of the um, challenge which i have seen it is more of like imposter syndrome it's always if you are a new leader or if you are taking a next level of role you always feel like whether i am doing the right decision i am i taking the right decision around that self doubt is there so this imposter syndrome is very high when i it's um, i'm not sure the number but that is one of the uh, challenge which most of the uh, technical leadership role where female are there they always have self doubt but how to overcome that again more around my advice is get the right support right channel and discuss find out more um, more uh, like networking group where you can discuss about those things which you are facing and get and listen how they have listen all the advices but see what is the best advice in your space so that's how i feel like challenges and how i am trying to work it out but looking forward you guys to uh, discuss more about those challenges and what advice you want to get that's it awesome thanks apriya and my i'll get your thoughts next sorry can can you repeat the question The question is what are the challenges for women in leadership today and what advice would you want to give? It might feed across a little bit from from past but right. Yeah, right. Uh I think some of the biggest challenges would be the gender pay gap or what I like to call the gender opportunity gap. So a lot of women in lots of roles not just senior leadership roles have a disparity in what men in that same position are being paid and i think for how can you how can you address this for yourself you have to know what you're worth you have to do some research and you have to advocate for yourself same for if you're do, developing your career as well you have to be the captain of your own ship in that and you can't expect anybody else to do that for you and i tell this to all of my employees as well i will support you but you need to lead where you want to go in that area you can't ever drag someone they have to has to be within themselves and that's the same for when you're talking about pay as well and i think as a leader you can also influence this gap with things like creating flexible work policies uh because that is more important to women and it can help you know to influence that pay gap as well so you can attract more women into that role uh you can create equitable hiring and promote promotion practices i think Kripa mentioned it earlier when you're hiring people it needs to be inclusive and you you can actually do this yourself you can go run your job posts or advertisements through like some online um tests and it can point out how your language in your even just your hey we're looking for you to come join our company can actually be biased and can mean that when women are looking at those job postings they will automatically kind of take themselves out of that um opportunity and you can also management manage development equitably so you're responsible for people's careers as a leader and you need to make sure that you are providing 
the context for all people to be able to thrive, not just the people that are the loudest or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the people that show the most high potential. There are seeds of growth within everyone and you need to help to make that seed bloom in a lot of people who may not have the confidence or the affirmation that is needed to to move on up into a role that might give them a better um, pay. And back to the bias, because I think that's actually one of the biggest causes or challenges for women in leadership. And, you know, I think second generation bias is kind of more important these days. I don't think a lot of people are intentionally creating bias. I think that's we've moved on from that and now we're on to intentional unintentional bias, which doesn't necessarily create direct harm or directly impact a person. But what it can do is create structures and processes where marginalized people just don't have the environment which they need to reach their full potential. So as a leader, you have a role to play in everyone's journey that you're leading. So one thing that you can do, and this is something that I've been working on with my team, is that you can understand your own unconscious bias and help others to understand theirs and then look for ways you can improve your organization's structures and processes to make it more equitable. And we do this in the hiring. So I've been working the last two years with my developers in our hiring process and I've had to change their attitudes about some of the women that we interview because it's not meant to do this, but it's not something you can easily avoid. But when you compare candidates, sometimes they look for the obviously the most technical person and maybe don't look for the full rounded picture. And that can be good if you're trying to get, you know, something done with great technical skills. But long term, it may not be the best thing for your organization. You've got to look at a at an entire entire person's breadth and depth. And so I think that's something that you, sh- you that anyone can practice, learning your unconscious biases and then stopping yourself when you're when you're doing them. I do it quite a lot. As an example, like I was saying before that I was going to do this podcast with some of the women in leadership roles. And I was like, how amazing is it that we've got women in leadership roles and they're actually good? <laughs> that is like an unconscious bias, right? Like to actually, to just assume that women aren't good at their jobs. And then it's actually a good thing if they are. And I think the other thing that's challenging for women in leadership, and we've already touched on this, is balancing work and family. And that's not just challenging for women in leadership, it's challenging for all people, I think. But work will always be there and life never stops, even if you ignore it in favour of work. And I enjoy my work and I want everyone that I work with to enjoy their work. But I think that to have challenged and engaged employees that can find meaning and value in work, they have to have a full breadth and depth of life. And work is only a small part of that and not even the most important part of that. So what can you do to show people that, hey, you should actually have a good work-life balance is you can have a good life work-life balance. Just yesterday, I took the day off to go fishing, as an example. But you need to make sure that people know that having a family life and focusing on that is more important than your work. And if you don't do that, you won't have the people with the right mentality come to your work and they won't produce the best work outcome. So if you need a reason to do it, I think that's a pretty good one. And I think ultimately, if you want some advice on how you can, you know, um, 
have to or to avoid or to mitigate some of these challenges that women have in leadership, you have to choose to work for a company that fosters psychological safety, flexible work, and I think most importantly, has women in leadership roles. A lot of people are pushing for DEI and ESG scores and all that sort of stuff, but they don't actually have women represented in leadership roles. If you see women or marginalised people represented in leadership roles, then that organisation has obviously created a context for all people, not just marginalised people, to thrive. And if you don't have that kind of environment, then you're always going to be up against a headwind. So you have to make an actual choice about what you want. That means what I said before, knowing yourself, if you want to be a leader, you need to choose an environment that will support you in that. Awesome. Great answer. Thanks, Samoy. And Creeper, I will pass it on to you next. Uh, Priya, that's a very pertinent question. That uh, And we've talked about a lot of challenges already. Uh, and I would like to add to those points myself uh, because uh, I think we've covered a lot of them here. Uh, one of the main challenges is representation itself, like everyone touched upon. I'd like to think that every female leader around the world, and especially in tech, is actually doing their part by just pushing beyond the challenges they have faced to excel in their role as unknowingly you're inspiring other women to do the same. And I am a product of that as well. So to all the female leaders out there, I want to start out by saying especially I want to say a thank you here. So uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, secondly is what Priya and Mai have already talked about is the unconscious bias that first you yourself hold and then comes externally as well. Um, this can be anything from a belief in you know gender stereotypes uh, to subconscious attitudes about female capabilities as well. Uh, my advice would be uh, to first let go of that unconscious bias you have yourself by always being ready for a challenge or putting your hand up for something. Uh, additionally, attending women in leadership and women in technology conferences will go a long way. Um, uh, have that as an explicit goal for yourself for every six months or so, so that you're motivated by the collective stories of your peers who might be facing the same challenges and be inspired by how they have overcome them. Um, the third point that I wanted to point out is uh, the lack of organic sponsorship and mentors. Um, as you know, as leaders, you're not doing anything alone. Uh, you need the support of leaders who inspire, support, and motivate you. Um, so you need sponsors that can demand opportunities and support leadership development. And as a woman, uh, what you can do to get over this is what uh, you can seek out strong leadership mentors and coaches. Um, and I have been extremely fortunate to have strong mentors to guide me and wish uh, for my success. And my wish for every female uh, leader out there is to have the same as well. A uh, mentor can actually be a very powerful source of knowledge and motivate you to set critical goals and uh, keep us accountable as well for our own advancements. Um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to highlight. Awesome. Thanks, Kripa. And Anki? We covered a lot of ground here. Really useful tips and advices, guys. This is amazing. Um, I'll just share like uh, one of the personal challenge that I felt um, as a woman in a leadership role. 
Um, I'm either the only woman or one of the few in most of the meetings that I attend on a regular basis. And you might have noticed I don't have a very loud voice. Um, at first, uh, at first, like when I started my leadership um, role, I found it hard to break into conversations to share my thought. And to be honest, more often than I like, um, I got talked over by other people with louder voices. Uh, I kept finding myself being unable to share my ideas at times. And that was not really helping my confidence at all. And I found that was one of the biggest challenge for me, especially early in my leadership career to, you know, like be able to, uh, you know, break into the conversation, share your thoughts. I'm like, oh my God, I have so many things to kind of share, but I'm not getting a gap to kind of, you know, do that. And I found it really hard somehow. Um, I did overcome that eventually and found my voice and space um, when I had to, when I really started to believe that I didn't reach wherever I am in my career by accident and I deserve to be here. And it's my responsibility to contribute when I have that seat at the table. So I better get my voice heard, right? So over time, you wonder why you didn't take charge from the beginning, but I went through that phase, to be honest. So anyways, that's my two cents from my personal experience. And I hope like it helps someone. Awesome. Yeah, thank Thanks, Anki. Appreciate it. And lastly, we'll move on quickly to the last question here, which is from you, Mai, being how would you describe your leadership style and how do you think your gender has influenced it? So I'll get you to start us off, Mai. Honestly, Matt, there's not a lot of context to this question. I just thought it would be an interesting one to ask. And I think primarily because a lot of my leadership style is quite democratic. So if we need to make a decision, I'll ask people, what do they think? And then we'll discuss it and then we'll choose something together. And somebody pointed out to me that it's very democratic and it created this seed of thought in my mind, like, why is it, why am I that way? And so I read a few articles and I read one article that specifically said that women are more likely to be democratic than men who are autocratic. And one of the reasons might be because that because leadership behaviors and attributes tend to be uh, typically associated with men, women might have adapted so that they don't get questioned and they don't, you know, they don't feel pressure to be autocratic. Just to be clear, I don't think being autocratic is the best way. I very rarely make captain calls, but it did make me think, am I doing this because I'm responding to how people perceive me or did I do this to begin with because it was a good way to do things? And that's kind of why I thought about this question. And yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it, to be honest. That's it. Oh, that's good. Thanks. I was making. I wasn't sure then if when I started talking, if I was on mute or not. But I'm clearly not. So good. Thanks for that. Um, I will pass it on. Anki, let's go to you next. <laughs> my, I personally feel like um, I would like my leader to have a democratic approach. You know, like consult with the team uh, for ideas and stuff like that. I would like myself to be treated as an individual who have got a mind to think and have ideas to contribute and consulted in that way. I probably wouldn't, um, you know, like work well in a command and control, that sort of a model, to be honest. Um, anyways, I, I would say my leadership um, style is like, 
uh, like you mentioned, my it reflects a lot of collaboration, uh, more care, empathetic, openness, and um, and it's never a transactional sort of a thing. Uh, could be because I'm a female as well, but yeah, probably a lot of traits, um, yeah, is something that you might find in female leaders. I believe in uh, bringing people together. I believe in empowering them and helping them to realize what they are capable of. Every day, I really work hard towards keeping, you know, creating that psychologically safe environment for all my team members where they can be themselves. Um, my lived experiences as a woman of color and a minority in the tech space have strongly influenced my leadership style, I would say. In a nutshell, uh, it at least enabled me to look for the quieter voices in the room and amplify them. If I could be a vehicle to kind of do that, that I would find my purpose there, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, that's what I would like to add to this. Um, thanks, Anki. And Kripa, I'll pass it on to you next. Uh, Mai, that is in, indeed a very thought-provoking question, actually. So uh, like Mai said, uh, I've also read that research says that women leaders have a more collaborative, uh, intuitive and nurturing and empathetic style. And that is the advantage that female leaders have, uh, since that is something then that we do not have to work on and build, but our time can be spent on honing other qualities required for being an effective and successful leader. Uh, I think we're very lucky. So, uh, but um, to, the, to be honest, I've been very lucky to have worked with really great leaders, both men and women, who are able to carefully find a balance as an unbiased leader, where their leadership style is not at all influenced by their gender. Uh, and this is not, this doesn't come easy, uh, but it is something that the leaders continuously work on, uh, maintaining the right balance between uh, transformational, collaborative, or democratic style and um, assertive when required. So that is the kind of leader I strive to be as well, where uh, in the world of technology, you encourage the team to innovate for transformational outcomes and be democratic to collaborate with the team for owning the decisions and lead the team by example. Yeah. That's awesome. me. Thanks, that creeper. And Priya. Right. Um I think my Kripa and Anki, you have covered beautifully that how uh, good leadership style looks like and how we may, being a female, how we are like naturally toward collaborative or democratic style of leadership, which we are. So I feel like my leadership is also uh, at that side. I believe in um, sharing opinion hearing about what team think about if we, if we are taking any any technical or any decision in the team, always hear what everybody think and then take the right decision. I always feel like uh, my leader, if he has a collaborative style, that always helped me to work more. And nowadays, I feel like leading by example is one of the good thing in together with collaborative uh, style that will give like if you are doing, that means your team will see you that you are also involved, you are also doing, that means there is a thing which everybody needs to work it on. So leading by example and collaborative is the way which I used to follow in my team. And that's what even I'm passing to my team members as well. So that's what I believe. And being a gender, um, I would say like there's no specific gender quality which comes into that picture. 
but nowadays collaborative ways of working everybody likes in the team so that's what i feel like <laughs> awesome thanks that prayer uh, look, I think we'll leave it there. I think it's been a long one, but I want to thank everyone for firstly coming on the podcast. Um, I think there were some amazing ideas brought forward today, which will, you know, I think, you know, go a long way to helping the journey to leadership for women. Um, and overall, just thanks again, yeah, for, for tuning in. So I'll see you all next time on the Evolution Exchange, pod, Evolution Exchange podcast and bye for now.